This is Bob Rourke with Business Leaders Podcast, and we are remote with Teddy Doman, and she is the founder and board chairperson of Pro Football Camp. Teddy, welcome Thank to the you, show. Bob. Thanks for having me on. Yes, ma'am. We have a lovely day in Colorado. It's cloudy and breezy, and we've been visiting before the show a little bit. It's absolutely beautiful here. Low 70s, just perfect hiking weather. <laughs> and we're adjacent to the Air Force Academy, which is really cool. So today, what we're going to be talking about with Teddy, we're going to be talking about pro football camp. So if you would, tell us a little bit about pro football camp and who it serves. The pro football camp is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we serve the youth of the greater Colorado Springs area. What we do every year is we put on a three-day camp, and the camp starts at 8 o'clock in the morning, and it goes to 1130. And we have current and former NFL athletes who teach not only football skills, which you would expect from a football camp, right? But they also teach character skills. And when I talk about character skills, what I mean by that is what does it take to be able to be an athlete who's able to play in the NFL? Like that's a pretty small number of people. And it takes some character qualities that candidly are some of the keys to success for many of the top and most successful people in the world. So the bottom line is if you can learn this at a young age, it's going to impact your life whether you're playing football or not. You folks will go, well, that's, you guys are sort of in the business and really not hard to do. And what was the genesis of the idea to do this? How did it start? Well, it started because our boys, we have two boys, wanted to go to a youth football camp. My husband and I signed them up for several different camps. And as we would drop them off or pick them up and we're kind of checking out the camp, and it was like, man, we could really do this to help this camp be better or this or that. And at the end of it, I actually reached out to all three of those camps that my kids had attended and offered our assistance, and no one took us up on it. Because the backstory is people don't know what else you guys do. Right. The backstory is that my husband is an an attorney and a CPA, and what he does is represent NFL athletes. So he's a certified NFL PA agent. And he's been doing this for... A lot of years. A long time. (laughs) (laughs) Until his hair turned the color of mine, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so he's been doing it a while. And so you're at this crux, and you've reached out, and they're not interested in your help. So what what was going through your mind when you said, I think I'm going to do this? Well, actually, I reached out to them a second time (laughs) and no answer. And so then uh, my husband and I were talking. We said, well, you know what? Let's pray about it. And so we did. And at the end of that time period of praying, I said, well, what do you hear the Lord saying? And my husband looked right at me and he goes, you're supposed to do this. (laughs) Like, yeah, easy for you to say. Um, But no, I really said to him, well, if we're going to do this, then we're going to do it right. And it's going to be it's going to really make an impact in our community. So we got together some other people who shared our vision, including a former NFL player in Colorado Springs. His name is Rich Griffith. He played with the Jacksonville Jaguars just short of 10 years. And he's actually a pastor at a local church and just retired from that and now is doing full-time missionary work. But the bottom line is we all had a vision for impacting young people by using the sport of football and running a youth football camp for ages 7 to 14. I think this is okay. So we have this idea, right? right? And we've got some folks that are in our camp and, and we all put our heads together. And then you have to go do something. Yes. So venue and coaches, let's walk through that journey. 
you know, it came fairly easy for me because my background is marketing, but in particular, it's sports marketing. And even within sports marketing, I've done a lot of event marketing. So as an example, one of my first events that I ever organized and ran was the 1987 U.S. Gymnastics Championships in Kansas City. A small thing. A small thing. And then I went from there um, to running the McDonald's All-American High School basketball game. Started on the local level in Kansas City in 1989, and then I went to work for the national organization. So I could go on as far as the number of events that I'd mm-hmm. run, but the bottom line is I'd done a lot of event marketing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't hard for me to see exactly the path that needed to be taken and what we needed to organize it. But here's what I'm going to tell you is the secret. The secret is that we had a community of people who rallied behind us. They caught the vision of what we were trying to do. And so if I were to reiterate, it was to make an impact on our youth and our community. So it's not only teaching football skills. I always say that's the carrot. And that's critical. It really is important because that's what they're coming for. But here's what I'm going to teach them. I'm going to, our, not me, by the way, our NFL athletes are going to teach them proper football skills. That was one of the key things because, you know, when our youth are young, they'll learn whatever they're taught, mm-hmm. right? Right or wrong, they'll learn it. So as an example, one of the things I learned as a mom early on with our two boys is that there's three ways that kids naturally tackle. Well, two of them will get them hurt. So we want to make sure they learn how to tackle properly. Mm-hmm. It's a non-contact camp, so that gets confusing to people. What do you mean you're going to teach them how to tackle properly and they don't have to have any equipment. No, because we're going to use dummies. Mm-hmm. And by the way, we're going to have NFL athletes holding those dummies. And how fun is that? You get to learn to tackle properly in NFL athlete. It's really a lot One of fun. One would think they might have caught on on how to ca- tackle by now. The pro guys, <laughs> you know, you think. Exactly. Yeah. So they have a lot of, the kids have a lot of fun being able to, you know, not only learn it, they're learning how to do something proper, but they're learning it from an NFL athlete. And then we make it fun so that athletes holding a dummy, as an example, and they're tackling that dummy so that it feels like they're tackling an NFL player. I'm sitting here thinking about, for the kids, bring them from the community, and mm-hmm. I can see what's in it for the kids. Mm-hmm. What's in it for the NFL player? You know what? For these NFL players, we ask athletes to come and donate their time. Mm-hmm. And they physically work the camp. They're teaching the skills. So the athletes that do this are just the type of people who love to see that sparkle in a kid's eye. They love to see them learning and having fun and and loving the game that they love. So that's why they do it. I often get asked, you know, why do you have these athletes versus other athletes at your camp? And I always say, we have the right athletes. Why are they the right athletes? Because number one, they volunteered their time. Mm -hmm. Number two, they're going to come out here and they're going to work we, you know, the start, camp starts at 8 and goes to 11.30. They're going to work three and a half hours. And they're going to have water breaks just like the kids, and that's it. So the kind of athletes that will do that, donate their time. This is a three-week window for the current athletes between OTAs and when training camp starts. For those that don't know, OTA. It's a time in the spring when the NFL teams bring in all the prospects. So the starters that they had from last year and any other athletes that they're looking at to potentially make the team. What's OTA mean, if anything? I wish I knew exactly what it stands for, but it's basically training. Sure. Okay. So it's the OTAs. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I think folks have a misconception about how frequently through the course of the year an NFL player actually works. Mm-hmm. I think they see the season, the spring training, and think they're playing golf the rest of the time. Correct. Well, from whenever their season ends... They usually have until about the 1st of March. 
So again, if you made it all the way to the Super Bowl, they're going to have one month off. Mm-hmm. Now, if they didn't even make it to the playoffs, then they're going to have two months off. Mm-hmm. But that's the only time that they have off. Then they start, and you never really have off because you've got to complete, you got to constantly be in shape. And it's during that two month time period that those athletes actually will go and have treatments done. So maybe they've had this little thing here is kind of got a little itch in the mm-hmm. giddy up, right? So they'll go in and maybe have a scope done and get it cleaned up in there or something. So there's all sorts of the things that athletes do during that time period that are actually getting them prepared for the season. And sometimes it's just actually taking a little time off to and allow the body to heal. And so those guys, when they come here, they're carving time out of what is off time. They have three weeks between the OTAs and the start of training camp, which is two days. Mm-hmm. And so for and for, then a sixteen week season. Okay, so for your camp, mm-hmm. how long does it last? Three days. Three days. Yes. Right? And yeah. the kids, if there's some kids locally or their parents listening to this, mm-hmm. how do they find you guys? We're at profootballcamp.com. Okay. You look up youth uh, football camp in Colorado Springs, and pro football camp should be one of the, if not the highest, search that you find. And how many kids do you host typically? Well, we average right around 285 to 300. Mm-hmm. So good numbers. And how many pro football players to manage that many kids? We have anywhere from to 10 to 12. Okay. But here's something I learned early on working on the pro football camp. So early on, we had athletes and we had them all split up. And one year, this gentleman, this NFL athlete, he was from Notre Dame, so a really smart kid, playing for the Texans. And all of a sudden, I see across the field, he takes his clipboard and throws it down. He's like, that's it. You guys figure it out. And I'm like, what do you mean you guys figure it out? You know? So I run over there and I pulled one of our NFL athletes from another drill that was going on and had somebody else take his. And I said, hey, I'm not sure what just happened here. Here's what I saw, heard. Can you take over and I'll figure it out? And he goes, sure. So he jumps in there and I go over and talk to our athlete only to basically figure out that although he's very skilled at his position and was great at teaching his position, what he wasn't good at was hurting cats. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Just not his gifting. And so from that year on, we made sure that we have a number of youth football camp, our youth football coaches, excuse me, mm-hmm. that actually come to our camp to help with all the drills and skills. So what you'll typically see Let's say we're doing a quarterback drill. We're trying to teach them how to properly throw. You'll see in there that they'll have a couple volunteers and another youth football coach who will bring that group of kids over, right? And they'll say, okay, I need to form three lines of four each, blum, blum, blum. Here I've got the footballs. And then he'll bring that quarterback in and he'll say, boom, you go. You bring the cat herder in. Exactly. So the athletes are left to be able to interact with the kids, teach the skill, Mm -hmm. and be able to properly really focus on the kids versus focusing on trying to organize them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So, and I will tell you, we've even brought high school coaches in, same kind of thing. Like they have a hard time coaching seven to 14-year-olds because they're just different And that's your age range, seven to 14-year-olds. Exactly. Is it limited to guys only? Nope. We have girls all the time. So for, for the camp, what do you think the makeup of girls to guys is? Oh, maybe, I would suggest out of 300, we maybe have five to eight. So it's not huge numbers, mm-hmm. but the okay. girls who come, look out. Oh, I imagine. They're good. They're really good. They're good little athletes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I was thinking about the start. How long ago is it that you guys started this camp? 2006. So you're veterans. We are veterans. This is our 13th year. 
So for the kids, what should they expect to pay to come to camp? Our camp is typically $199, but we constantly are running specials. We've been very fortunate the last couple of years where we had a title, a presenting sponsor who donated enough money that we are able to offer discounts mm-hmm. so that usually we can get it down to 99 But here's the other good news. In the 13 years that we've done this camp, we've never turned a person away for finances. So if this, if anyone says, you know what, we're just not in a position to pay that amount of money, we have a scholarship program to assist them. So just ask and so or check a, it out on the website. And that's a 501c3. Yes. And so it's a nonprofit. So if somebody wanted to support the effort. Absolutely. We're always it. open to donations. In fact, it is, if I go back to, you said, why are we still doing this? It is based upon the community just embracing it. I mean, we have donors who every year donate to that scholarship program. So we've never not been able to support it. somebody who wanted to come. We have companies that support the various costs that we have so that we're able to really bring down that cost and make this really affordable for everybody. So I will be the first one to say the reason why we keep doing this camp, we have athletes who want to come. We have businesses that want to support it. We have people that donate to it, and we have volunteers who graciously give their time. And if it weren't for those four things, we would not be able to continue to do this year after year. I was thinking about the length of time you've been doing that, and I would imagine that some of your earliest kids are coming back as adults. Yes. You and I talked about this some time ago, about some of the transformation that's happened for these kids. Mm -hmm. Let's dig into a little bit of the the transformation of what the kids are getting. Absolutely. So I mentioned early on that one of the things we want them to learn is football skills Mm -hmm. and the proper football skills. The second thing is that we want them to learn the character that it takes. So when I talk about the character, a lot of people are like, I see stuff on the news all the time about character of NFL athletes. I'm not sure I want them being taught by those guys. Well, here's what I'm going to tell you. There's 53 guys that make any active team roster. How many do you hear about every year that are making bad decisions? Just a few. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, the media is not reporting on all the good things that the guys do. And many, many of them do. So let's focus on that for a minute. Let's talk about those athletes. And those are the ones that are our camp that are making good decisions. Now, have they made mistakes? Absolutely. Makes them people. That makes them people. Absolutely. And that makes them real to these kids. Mm -hmm. And they're willing to talk about the mistakes that they've made. But there's a difference between making mistakes that you can bounce back from and making mistakes that impact others negatively. So let's just say that we focus on bringing athletes that have made, for the most part, very good decisions. And they're going to share their stories and the hardships that they had around making some of those decisions. Because some of those NFL players haven't had a good early life either. No, they haven't. And that's not on them. No. It's just you didn't get to pick your parents. You didn't get to pick your parents. Yeah. Yes. So we talk about the impact. And when I'm talking about that again, we're talking about character. So let's talk a little bit about that. At our camp, we run every day, three times a day, what we call off the field with the pros. And during Off the Field with the Pros, that's where the athletes talk about character. So we allow the athletes to choose the the word of the day. So we've had over the years a number of different words of the day. So let's take perseverance. That's one of my favorite ones that the athletes will choose. And I think the reason why they choose it, it's a rich word. I mean, there's a lot behind the word Mm -hmm. perseverance. The other thing that is one of my favorite things is 
when you interview, say, a seven-year-old, they can barely say the word. <laughs> Perseverance. But by the time they finished camp that day, they understand what that word means because they've heard the athletes talk about persevering through injuries, persevering through the backgrounds, the life things that have happened to them. They didn't cause them. Somebody who's born into a life and put into foster care, that is nothing on their doing mm-hmm. at all. That happened to them. But how do you overcome that? You choose. And so we need to talk about those kinds of things. We talk about that mindset that it takes to be able to persevere through the hardships that life just brings. One of the things that I find very interesting, and you talk to anybody, could be adults, doesn't have to just be kids, but we are focusing on the kids that we impact at our camp. Most people think that the way to the top is that your life goes like this. Nothing bad ever happened. And that's just not the reality. Mm-hmm. So we're, we want to talk about the ups and downs and wiggles and things that they had to overcome to be able to get there. So that's a big one. Another area that we like to focus on is the kinds of things that you truly have a choice under, which is things like respect. You choose to be respectful. You choose to be respectful to your teacher, whether or not they're a good teacher or not. You choose that. And so respect is a big one. And our athletes love to talk about that because what does respect look like on a football field? Have you ever thought about that? A lot of kids don't know that. And how do you learn that? And sometimes that is the difference between them making their high school team or not. They may not be the most gifted athlete, but if they're showing respect or another word, effort, if they're showing effort, they're going to make a team. And they're going to have the chance to develop and to be a part of a team and all the wonderful things that you learn on being a part of a team. So those are some of the things that we try to teach at the camp. We're not teaching to a high-level athlete. When we started this camp, we said, if we do this for 10 years and we have one kid that makes it to the NFL, we'll break every statistic known to man. Now, is it possible? Absolutely. Is it probable? No. Mm -hmm. But it is possible. Yeah, the math is against you. The math is against you, but it is possible. So we definitely talk about what does it take to become an NFL athlete, but we recognize that just learning as part of the process, the process of getting to be the best, you can take and apply that to anything in the world. Well, I think about you know, the quantity of kids that make it to college ball, and you think that's a pretty good group of folks. Right. What percentage of that crowd makes it to the NFL? And, you know, then the funnel gets really, really narrow. Exactly. And obviously skill matters, luck, a few other things matter. Right. Timing and all that stuff. And I think for the kids and for the college players, too, you better have a plan B. Because you're not going to play football until you die. True. And here's what's interesting. And we do talk about getting good grades in school. And the reason why we do is because in order to really be able to play college ball, you got to make your grades. So you've got to be able to academically make grades, pass all of your classes. And obviously, let's say your skill level in football is really high. You're blessed with athleticism. You're blessed with an athletic body. You get offers from big schools, but you can't handle it academically. You're not going there. In fact, they're probably not even recruiting you. So I know people hear stories about athletes getting pushed through academically, and I'm sure there's those. But again, for the majority of the kids, 
that have scholarships in college. That's not the case. Well, and I think about the level of sophistication of sports. And I don't think you can, if you're not a learner, I think you're going to be challenged. Exactly. And that's part of the weeding out process. Because again, if you look at it from the NFL's perspective, you got to learn their playbook. And each week you got a new team and there's a new playbook and you got to study film. I mean, they spend more hours studying film than they ever do on the field. Twice as many hours every single day. So if you don't like to learn, you're not going to like to, even football, you're not going to like it. So you've got to be a learner. And so the athletes emphasize that. They talk to them. You've got to get good grades. And here's why. And so, again, if I go back to the impact that the pro football camp makes, let me tell you a little bit of a story. Sure. We had this one young man who came to our camp. But how I got to know the young man, because, again, there's so many young athletes on the field, is I happened to notice this person going from group to group. And I thought, he didn't look old enough to be a parent, but he looked too old to be a brother. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of an interesting. So I went up to him and I said, hey, I just noticed that you're following this group around. Who, who are you here with? And he pointed out this young man, and I said, what's, what's the connection? And he said, well, I'm actually his youth football coach. And I said, really? He goes, yeah, I coach him in park and rec. And, and I said, so why are you here? And he said, well, I've coached him for a number of years, but this last fall when he showed up to youth football, he was a different kid. And I go, what do you mean? And he goes, he showed up early. He did everything I asked him to do. He gave me 100% effort. When I started talking to him things about school and stuff, he now cared about his grades. And so I finally said to him, what happened? Like something happened over the summer. And he goes, well, I got a scholarship to the pro football camp. And he said, pro football camp? Tell me about it. And he says, yeah, I went to this youth football camp taught by NFL athletes. And he said, they told me, that if I got good grades, if I did what the coach told me, if I worked really hard and gave it everything that I had, that I had the possibility of making it to the NFL. And he said, so I'm going to do it. Now, you and I both know that young kid may never make it to the NFL. But does it matter? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because what he's learned, the new habits that he's learned, hard work. Effort, being his best, being respectful. Being on time. Being on time. I mean, hello, that will serve him in wherever Mm -hmm. his path goes. That's what I'm talking about. That's the impact that we make in this community. We hear the stories over and over and over again. So I could gloat to you that we think we've had around 10 kids make it in college ball. Mm -hmm. And I could name some names off right now of the ones that I know. But to me, that's not as impactful as that story that I just told you. Mm -hmm. That's the story I want to tell. Because that is the impact that we can make times 300. I think about the impact on on the NFL players that come in and give back. I think about the kids. What are you hearing from the parents? What do the parents come back and tell you? Well, if you go to our website, profootballcamp.com, you can read the testimonials. Ask me. I can show you every year. I collect those testimonials. And I don't want to say proudly because I did anything, but I proudly because that is the power that happens at this camp by these NFL athletes sharing the stories. I can show you the testimonials year after year after year. Um, the second thing that we do every year, and this is the marketer in me, is we do a marketing survey. Mm-hmm. And we literally ask the parents to tell us 
between attitude and behaviors, the changes that they've seen mm -hmm. on a number of different scales, a number of different areas. So please, if you're interested in really delving down into that, I'm happy to, to share the data well, yeah, with you. And I think for the folks that are listening, not everybody's blessed to be on the front range of Colorado. Right. You know, you were talking about some kids that have come a long ways yes. to be in the camp. Yes. There may, may be other folks going, geez, I'd like to do something similar in my community. And how do you get that going? Mm -hmm. And for the kids here, can they come back year after year? If they Absolutely. Want? Yes. We've had kids who've come every single year. They love it. We've had kids or scholarship kids who come every single year. We're happy. Great. Fill out the scholarship application. You know the drill. Boom. Mm -hmm. You're in. In fact, a young man that was a scholarship kid for us during his middle school years, then he ended up going to a high school here in Colorado Springs that's known to be a very good football school. He ended up going to a junior college out in California, and after one semester of junior college, he's now at a D1 school. And he came back to share his story and to thank us for what he had learned at the pro football camp clear back in middle school. You know, I, I think about learning the right way to do things first. Right. So you don't have to unlearn all the other urban myth, for lack of a better term. So we're sort of heading toward the end of this portion of the episode of the podcast. Is there something about that I should have asked or something you'd like to say to the folks out there about the camp? I would just say that if this sounds like something that your kid would be interested in, whether they have an interest in football or not, by the way, I can tell you of a kid who came every single year to our camp, never played one down of football. He was a soccer player, but he loved what he learned. He loved what he learned, and he became a better athlete and a better person because of it. So I would just say that if any of this impacts you in any way, shape, or form that you're interested in, look at it. Take a look at it. Don't let me be the person who sells you. Let the testimonials that we have on our website those aren't anything that we've created. Those are, you can watch the videos and hear for yourself the impact that this camp has had. And I hope that you'll join us. And if possibly you're somebody like, you know what, my kids are already out of the nest, but you're interested, please join us. Whether you want to volunteer, whether you want to donate, whether your business wants to become aligned with ours, please give us a call. Be happy to talk. And they can find you on the web. Yes. Well, we're going to shift gears a little bit and go through the part of the podcast where I get to quiz you to death. Okay, I mean, go that for That sounds it. so terminal, doesn't it? <laughs> for you, a recent book or an influential book that's altered your perception on how you run this organization or how you approach things? Well, one of the books that I refer to quite often, the principles for it, is The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People by Stephen Covey. Using it all the time. In fact, part of the reason why I met you, Bob, was I was trying to sharpen my saw. <laughs> well, you can keep looking how much you're help. So, yes, in looking from the fits and starts of, of getting this organization going, and was there any failures through that period of time or something that might have appeared as a failure that helped you later to put this thing together? Well, one of the stories I love to tell is about that NFL athlete that threw down his clipboard. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm in the middle of camp, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And just realizing that to make the most of the NFL athlete and what they could offer that nobody else can. Again, you go back to one of those Stephen Covey principles, which is do the things that only you can do. I needed to put those NFL athletes in the position to do the things that only they could do, mm -hmm. right? And that was to demonstrate and to teach the football skills. I can get youth football coaches who 
gladly will come out and help during the camp to organize the kids. I think about the impact on the athlete to the, the kid. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a one-on-one gig. Mm-hmm. But when the youth coaches get to watch the concepts and strategies taught by the NFL, right? what are you hearing from the coaches? Oh, they come back every year. Every year they come back. They, they ask us back in January and they're creating their calendars. When's camp? We'll get it on my calendar. Are you hearing that they're changing their coaching styles from what they're learning? They always learn something. They tell us that every year. They always learn something that then they can take and use with their youth kids. You know, I think about that part as a multiplier effect where you're yeah. coaching the coaches. Yeah, that's that indirect benefit. Exactly. Maybe. One of the coaches that we have come every year is a coach that the head for the youth for Park and Rec. Mm-hmm. We went to him early on and said, hey, who are some of the best youth coaches? Because we'd like to invite them to come coach at our camp. And they told us the name. And, and this one in particular he said, I want to tell you about this guy. He goes, because every year I throw him a bunch of kids. And every year he puts this team together and they're always successful. They may not win every game, but they are always on the winning side of things. And he does it because he just loves to coach. I'm like, that's the guy I want mm-hmm. coming to, the, to our pro football camp. Unintended benefits. <laughs> For you, if you guys could put an ad on page one of the local paper sharing mm-hmm. your message or advice, what would it say and why? We always emphasize that we're teaching football skills, not only proper football skills, but we're teaching the kids every single position on the field. Mm-hmm. And that's one that a lot of people don't realize. They think their kid's going to get pigeonholed because they look a certain way. Well, we always say, I can't tell you, a kid 7 to 14 years old, what he's going to be size-wise when he's old enough to make his high school team. Nor can I tell you what position they may need him to be at when he gets to his high school football team. So there's lots of different factors in there. So early on, we want to teach the kids every single position on the field. So they're going to learn how to be an offensive lineman, even though they may be extra tall and their best position eventually is going to be to be a wide receiver. But we don't know that. Every kid is going to learn how to properly throw the football like a quarterback. They're going to learn that quarterback position, even though they may never have the proper mindset. They may be the kid that's best to tackle somebody. So there's different ways that coaches decide eventually where they need a player and where they're best at. We can't always see that in that young of an age. Does that make sense? You know, I think about life and pivot. Right? How many people now have one job all their life? Mm-hmm. I think the skill and appreciation from working on all the positions in the field, you may not ever be the linebacker, but you may really appreciate what the linebacker does. But here's what I'm going to tell you. You may be in a position where the linebacker is shoulder to shoulder with you. And if you know football at all, they talk about that all the time. you got to understand what the guy beside you is doing to make sure that you're doing your job right because it all works together. There's 11 players on your side of the ball at any time. And it's meant to be like an orchestra. We all work together, right? So the best way to do that is to have the intellect. So we want to teach the kids how to play every day. Every kid's going to snap the ball. They're going to learn what it's like to be a center and snap the ball. And that seems a lot easier as they quickly learn than it actually is. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is not a simple job. So for you, within the allocation of your time or initiative, uh-huh. What's been the best allocation of your time for this organization, do you think? For me, again, because I'm not the NFL athlete, 
my skill set is in organizing. So what I try to do is to make sure that we have the best youth football coaches in place, that we have the best NFL athletes coming. From a marketing perspective, are we out there marketing this in a way that is reaching the right target audience? We spend a lot of time passing out flyers, as an example, at youth football games. Why? That's our target audience. We also try to hit other in the younger age group because, you know, they may start out playing soccer because that was what was available or youth basketball or youth baseball because that was what they could do at that younger age. So now some of them might be thinking about football, but they don't even know where to start. Parents may have been soccer people, but they really want to learn how to play football. So we try to make sure that we get our flyers out there. So that's one example. So we try to do every area of it. That's what I try to do so that we're doing what's most important. What's going to get us the biggest return on our, on our investment. That's a consistent theme. That's the youth coaches and the NFL players. Right. It's knowing your avatar, your target market. Right. Absolutely. Totally. Over the past few years, what belief or protocol have you established in this company that's helped the company most? Do the things that only you can do. So as an example, I'll go back to my husband, Craig, who's an NFL agent. His emphasis is on getting the athletes. His emphasis is on getting the right drills and skills in place and getting the right coaches on board because that's what he's good at. He doesn't need to be over here handling the marketing because that's where my gifting is. So I'm really big on that and identifying who needs to be doing what and doing that. Got to give up a few things. Absolutely. But the other way is looking at is putting the best team together. Mm-hmm. Same thing again. Yep. Same thing for you, if there was somebody else out there that was looking at doing something like what you're doing, mm-hmm. what advice would you offer them? Focus on what's most important. Don't try to become big overnight. If you run a great youth football camp and you think maybe this is something you want to do mm-hmm. all over the nation all summer long, worry about that after you've created one and done it well. Yes. Scale after you have something from wisdom and experience done. For you, what are the most common misconceptions about what you're doing with this youth camp? We make tons of money. That's the biggest misconception. People go, okay, you know, they take the price of the camp, $99, let's say, since that's a discounted rate, they take it times the number of kids and they're like, man, are they making bank. And that's just not the truth. I mean, if you look at how much airfare is. Because what they don't know, right? Exactly. For the NFL players that you bring in, right. you pay for their lodging. You pay for their airfare, and I don't know what else, but I'm guessing food. food. <laughs> got to feed them too. Yeah. And I so know. you know, you look at that, and and so how many NFL players will you have at any given time? We'll have anywhere from ten to twelve. I mean, you know, you think about ten to twelve guys, mm-hmm. and they're here. Well, the camp is three days. But yeah, they got to so arrive. Day before, yeah, the day four days. So five, yeah, four days of lodging, mm-hmm. flights, and all of a sudden you kind of go. If anybody's flown lately, exactly. It's so expensive. Yeah. And, and so, I'd love to tell you the airlines will cut us a deal, but they won't. Oh, no. no, no they won't even let you bring your luggage on board. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's the biggest thing. And people don't realize the cost I have to pay in insurance. They don't think about that. You know what I mean? It's just horrendous. And what, where, do you, where do you host this event? Well, we've been very blessed that Vista Ridge High School has been gracious enough to work through all the paperwork that we need to every single year through District 49 to utilize their fields. Liability and all. Yeah. So, let's see. For you, 
in the day-to-day operation, when you're looking at this, mm-hmm. there's a dialogue or self-talk that goes on for many of us. What's yours that keeps you focused and on task? The impact. Truly the impact. I love to tell a story to our team when we come together, and I said, and I share it was from a few years ago, and man, it was a few weeks before the camp, and we'd been working tirelessly, and just seemed like the camp was never going to get here, and the to-do list was so long, and you know what I mean? And we had one of our sponsors who was going to host some of the kids that they were sponsoring for the scholarship program. Mm-hmm. So they were hosting some scholarship kids for dinner at their restaurant, and they had invited us to come. And so I was like, come on, guys, let's go. And everybody was like, oh, my God, I could really use the next two hours to bang through my to-do list. I'm like, no, no, let's go. Let's take a break here and let's go. And we went there and we were so fed by the stories of these scholarship kids and their parents and what this meant to them for this opportunity to go to this camp Mm -hmm. and how grateful they were. And all of a sudden, we had a new hop in our step. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had a new outlook on why we were doing what we were doing and that it was going to be appreciated. I think about (laughs) sometimes you get in the weeds. Exactly. You know, and then somebody comes around and reminds you, and you go, oh, I kind of like the weeds. You know, we're out here. We'll do this some more. Right. Feeds the soul for sure. It definitely does. For you guys, and we're going to say it again, you know, we already talked about how to reach out to you on social media, and we'll repeat that so people that didn't catch it. Oh, football camp. Okay. And then if they want to find you, they can find you on LinkedIn, right? I'm on LinkedIn. You can also look, we have our own website, profootballcamp.com. And it's T-E-D-D-I-D-O-M-A-N-N. Looks like Do-Man, but it's pronounced Doman. Okay. And that's on um, LinkedIn. And you'll have to go down all the way for all the other things that you do (laughs) as well. And so that's where they find you. And for you, some of us have quotes that that resonate for us. What's the quote that resonates for you? One of my favorite quotes is the difference between ordinary and extraordinary. So if you think about the word ordinary, think about the word extraordinary, is that little extra. Yeah. Like the people that win the the Olympics, they don't win by being twice as fast. No. Just a little extra. Just a little bit. A little extra. And if you do that over time, it changes the course of everything that happens to you. And that, that little extra applies to everything you do. Are you giving extra effort? Are you giving the extra time? Are you giving the extra little bit you have to do for excellence? You think about so many of the athletes, the Tiger Woods of some time ago, where they go after he played around the golf, he's at the driving range mm-hmm. after. You hear about the football players, what do you do? I'm out throwing. I'm out throwing. Or, or they're watching film. But who's the coach on the East Coast, professional coach? That He was the film coach. And that's all he did is he watched film after film after film for so long. Toiling because nobody right. else wanted to do it. Belichick. Belichick. Thank mm-hmm. you. I'm, I'm not much of a football person, <laughs> as you can tell. But if you think about all of those pieces, mm-hmm. and pretty soon the muscle memory. And for me, the military taught me to get up early. And it's a lifelong habit. And so by the time most people are getting up, I have hours on them. Right. Well, here's another football example Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. We've had a number of players that have played with him on the Patriots, and they say, I swear by this, and they will say that, like, you won't believe this, but on the plane ride back, so he's just finished a game, win or lose, he's already watching game film for the next opponent for the next week. He's a professional. I think about 
professional routine. So much of life is discipline and routine. And I mean, the definition of discipline is not just when it's not much fun. No. It's never any fun. I know. <laughs> but, yeah. Well, we'll fun. but the but results I, are fun. Yes, ma'am. The and that's why we do it. And so to wrap this up, if I was to talk to colleagues, what would they say that you're best at and how to use that strength on a daily basis? What am I best at? Uh-huh. I would probably say one of the best things that I'm best at is learning because I'm always learning. At least I'm trying to always learn. And the second thing is I'm an encourager. It's funny. We were talking before the episode and we were chatting about a number of topics and you were making notes. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's an interesting thing when people, one, make notes, they go, well, how about that? And two, folks are typically flattered if you write down something that they said, <laughs> whether it's worthwhile or not. But, but you know, it's yeah, a, I wrote dumb shit. Though. Well, you know, was that, was that, that's, a, that's a football term, isn't it? <laughs> just teasing you. But, you, know, you think about just the discipline to do that stuff. And I think that's important. So, well, you're yeah. always learning. When you write it down, your brain just learned it a second time. And then by the fact that it's written down, now I can learn it a third time. I think about as you, as we're all inundated mm -hmm. with so much data, right. all this intel, this data, and you try to go back there and go, what was that note about? Mm -hmm. So, well, I can't tell you how much I appreciate hearing about your efforts and success and uh, moving the needle for a bunch of these kids. And that's just, that's really just cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, our goal was to make an impact in the community, and I, I humbly believe that that has happened, and not by anything that we've done, but by the people that we bring out to share what they are really good at. Well, you know, and you never know about the impact. These kids will say, I learned this discipline years ago, and I'm going to make that part of how I'm going to raise my kids. Exactly. Pebble in the pond. Absolutely. Exactly. Well, Teddy, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Appreciate it.